You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome in to the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after what was a game that was quite different than the opener of this series as the Braves were looking for another win deep in the heart of Texas. The Rangers, though, they laid down the law. They had other ideas. They were able to grab a middle-inning lead, add to it throughout the game, hold off the Braves late, even up this series after their 7-4 victory on Tuesday. We'll talk all about the particulars of this, the performance of Jared Schuster, some struggles in the middle innings for the bullpen, and, of course, uh, we'll update you on a man who just seems to just really know no limits when it comes to showing you exactly how good he can be. That man, of course, is Ronald Acuna Jr. We'll talk all about him. want to remind you, of course, to subscribe to Locked on Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified every time we drop a new episode. Go ahead, hit that like button, leave the comments. We always appreciate those and check them out as well. And uh, if you're looking for even more Braves content, really good stuff, Locked on Braves is where you can find it wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Jake, obviously, this is not the follow-up performance the Braves were looking for. We knew Jared Schuster was going to be getting back into the big leagues. I thought he pitched all right. Could have used a little bit of offensive support. Really ran into one trouble inning, and that seemed to be what kind of gave the Rangers the momentum they needed to get their offense rolling in this series, and we knew they were probably going to do that at some point. Yeah, it's kind of felt like the Saturday game for me in Toronto where the offense had a lot of chances early on, and it felt like they had more runs on the board than they actually did, but weren't able to come with those big hits. Rangers finally started to get to Jared Schuster, and like you said, the bullpen gave up some as well to just put the game out of reach, and though they made a little bit of a run late in the game as well, but uh, just too much to come back from. Yeah, the Braves did make a little bit of noise late, which made this game feel a little bit closer than maybe it actually felt like in real time. But let's get into the line score of this one. Game number 42 for the Braves. They are now 26 and 16. The Rangers are now 26 and 16. Braves got four runs, eight hits, one air left, five men on base. Seven runs, 10 hits, no errors, four men left aboard for the Rangers. Winner was Dane Dunning. I thought that he did a very nice job of how he attacked the Atlanta lineup. He was around the plate, didn't make too many mistakes. The Braves did have some loud outs against him, though, so it's not like the Atlanta offense went quietly but they were unable to turn those into a lot of offense for themselves. Uh, Jared Schuster, meanwhile, we'll talk a little bit more about his performance in a minute. Really, his trouble spanned about three hitters, and those three hitters gave the Rangers three runs, and they were able to take their first lead of the series and obviously hold on to that throughout this game. Schuster takes a loss, drops to 0-2 as he made his third big league start. Our old friend Will Smith locked down save number eight for Texas, two hours, 15 minutes, 23,246 on hand to see it at Globe Life Field. Uh, so as you look at Jared Schuster, I think that, and I said this on Twitter, if I knew I was going to get five innings and three or fewer runs from Jared Schuster, then I'd probably sign up for that and see where the Braves offense was at that point. Unfortunately, the Atlanta offense didn't really check in until a little bit later in the game, but three hits, uh, all of them in a row, all three runs uh, scoring within that three batter span, a couple of walks, three strikeouts, the one home run to Adolis Garcia. I was almost a little surprised that Schuster didn't get his sixth inning, but then maybe the Braves just didn't want to tempt fate with what they'd already gotten. Yeah, I thought it was the right decision. I know he's only at 66 pitches, but you could see the Rangers start to make adjustments to him. We're making some better contact. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I ended the podcast uh, on Tuesday saying, you know, if you give five innings of three earned or less against Schuster, I think that's an absolute win. And that's what he gave the Braves. And I think that's hope you what he 
hopes that's what he gives you each time out. I mean, he is right. your fifth starter. Maybe he's your fourth right now. I don't know. But, uh, you know, that's what you will what you would hope from him with this offense. They can put up some more runs early and keep them in the game. But I thought he did a fine job. Look, it wasn't anything to write home about. But I, I thought, again, he kept the team in the game, uh, got some outs early. To, again, it's that second time through the lineup, though, where, you know, they really started to, to get to him with those three pitches that he's throwing, the fastball slider and changeup. Really, you know, the changeup I thought was his better pitch, and it was a better pitch coming up, and it, he threw it the least in this game. I don't know if that's something they need to, you know, try to throw more uh, going forward. But, you know, either way, it was a solid performance. It's what you would expect, I think, from Jared Schuster. He didn't lose the Braves this game. He gave them an opportunity to win it with the way that he performed. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think the biggest thing for a pitch like a changeup for, especially for a young pitcher, is you got to establish the fastball. And if he did get into a little bit of trouble, it was missing kind of middle-middle there in that fourth inning. Because he had three innings of scoreless baseball in the books. I thought a one, two, three first inning, that's got to go a long way for his confidence because some of the starts that he had had prior, the couple of starts, he usually ran into very early trouble and never seemed to get a chance to settle in. But it looked like he was able to do that first time through the order. He did run into that trouble, though. The three runs that the Rangers scored against him in the fourth. Retired, though, the last six batters that he faced. So, uh, overall, I think a little bit more good than bad, obviously, from Schuster. And, you know, as both you and I said, you know, you and your podcast and, and me and my tweet a little bit earlier on this night, if five innings and three runs from Jared Schuster, that might just kind of have to be a thing that the Braves are looking for every fifth day out of him and maybe whoever is in that fifth spot of the rotation as well. Yeah, and I mean, again, you know, when you get that bullpen game, I think, you know, that's what you're hoping for, but you're going to use three pitchers to do that. So to have a guy in Schuster in that rotation, we'll see. I think he's going to continue to get some more opportunities in there to go out and do that and do it over five innings and save some of that bullpen. Like I said, give yourself an opportunity. I think he'll continue to grow and get better. Look, you know, the biggest issue with Schuster early in the year was the walks. He did walk two on the night, but I think he's gotten better in that regard. So, again, still a young guy trying to, to figure things out here at the major league level and put it all together. So I want to see him get two, three, four starts here, maybe even more depending on when Freed is able to come back. But, you know, I want to see to con continue to see him get better, make improvements. So I think he'll be a good part of this rotation going forward. And what I will say as well as we kind of wrap up the thoughts on him and then we got to get into the Atlanta bullpen, unfortunately. But I thought he was a lot more competitive with his pitches in this start. That's one thing that I think you could see a big difference from his major league debut against Washington from the start where he got roughed up against the Padres as well. And I think that's something that he's done fairly well in his five starts in AAA Gwinnett as he had an ERA just over three. So he had clearly found a little bit of success, something working there. And I feel like he was able to carry that on over into this start. Before we talk about the Atlanta bullpen, I want to remind you about our great sponsors for this show. And this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets to sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing about the tickets and start thinking about all the fun you're going to have at your event. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. That's Game Time. Download it today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, and that is guaranteed. So the Braves bullpen, I felt like the decision of the reliever who followed Jared Schuster on this night, I don't think I was alone in this train of thought. I think you're probably somewhere on here as we check the tickets on this particular train. But adding or, or putting Dylan Lee in after Jared Schuster, given that the Rangers had had about five innings to kind of get accommodated to you know, the lefty that they were going to be facing on that night, 
I don't see a ton of difference between Dylan Lee and Jared Schuster, at least not enough that where it's like, you're not bringing in somebody who all of a sudden is throwing 98, 99 miles an hour. And you're just getting a different look. You were getting a lot of similarity there. And I feel like that didn't necessarily help out Dylan Lee in this particular case. And I was very surprised that he went out for a second inning. It just felt like the game kind of got away from the Braves there. And some nights that's going to happen, but it just felt like an odd call. Yeah, very questionable, I think, to say the least. Like you said, they throw the exact same three pitches. And so to use them back-to-back was questionable. But to bring Dylan Lee back out for that second inning, I I have no idea what Snicker was doing in that situation. And I'm not here to rip Snicker. He's a World Series manager. He's done a lot of great things, and I and I love what he, he does. But I don't know why you brought Lee out for that second inning, especially after he gave up a run in the sixth inning. Still a three-run game. You have an offense that's capable of putting up runs in bunches, as they did later in this game. So to go to Lee again in the seventh and then to watch it unfold and continue to leave him out there, that to me is just puzzling. And it's it's almost felt like they were just punting the game at that, at that point and just letting Lee ride it out to save some of the other bullpen guys, which I don't understand because it was a winnable game. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a, a highly questionable decision. One, to follow Lee up after Schuster and then to bring him back out for that seventh inning is just a real head-scratcher for me. Yeah, it was just definitely a call that, you know, I I just didn't look from a strategic standpoint, didn't look like to me was something that, again, was putting Dylan Lee in much of a position to succeed, which, of course, you'd like to do for your players as you put them in there. And I kind of look at it on, and I know they had to throw a bullpen game on Sunday. I know that a lot was asked of that. I mean, Dylan Lee clearly helped him in that bullpen game against the Boston Red Sox. I don't know if maybe this, you know, kind of getting back into the relief role might have just been a little bit different this time around, though I can't imagine it would have been all that strange. But an inning and a third with a, in a line where you give up six hits and a walk, it did seem like he was left out there too long. Joe Jimenez was able to come in, get a key double play. He did surrender a run the next inning. But, of course, the Braves had kind of gotten their offense going, and that was kind of the highlight of the night. I mean, Ronald Acuna Jr. just missed a home run in his second at-bat of the game. He did not miss it next time up as he uh, launched one. Another tape measure blast for him, his 10th of the year to get the Braves on the board in the eighth inning and make it what at that time, I believe a six, two game. And then you had Sean Murphy hit a two run Homer. So all of a sudden it felt like the Braves were back into it, but I think everything is clearly when you got nine innings and you got decisions to make and every manager's got them, all these things are connected. And it did feel like, you know, for whatever reason. And if I didn't finish my thought on this, let me do it now. I didn't feel like there was a big reason to save a whole lot of guys in the bullpen, particularly in this game when you got Spencer Strider going the next day and you do at least have an off day coming up on Thursday. But managing those workloads sometimes isn't as simple as just, well, who is available tonight? Who should be available tonight? And I can't think about tomorrow. I I guess it's just kind of all in that pot. And just on this particular night, the straw that Dylan Lee drew, unfortunately, was the short straw. Yeah, and look, it's not an easy decision, you know, and it's not easy for Snicker to try to manage 162. You know, we talk about a lot with these bullpen decisions. They're trying to look at 162. But again, for me, it was just bringing Dylan Lee back out. You could have gone McHugh. You could have gone Chavez. You could have gone to a number of arms there, particularly of the right-handed variety. And I think that would have been, you know, a better decision, giving the Braves a chance. But it is a three-run ball game for an offense that, you know, until 
Monday night had really been struggling, and in this game in particular had been struggling to put runs together. So, uh, again, it's it's not an easy decision to make, but I think a lot of people were really questioning, even before that seventh inning, mm-hmm. putting Lee back out there. So, yeah, I don't envy the spot that Snickers in at all. It's a, it's a tough job to manage, but I think that's one that I think he himself would probably like to go back and have over. Yeah, and in hindsight, these decisions always look a lot better. Mm-hmm. I know that from all the baseball I've watched and a lot of people I've talked to over the years. If you knew what was going to happen, well, yeah, you'd make a different decision. But unfortunately for Dylan Lee, didn't have it on this particular night. And yeah, the Rangers are a good team. I don't want to take anything away from them. There's a reason that they're also 26-16, and 16, and one of the big reasons why is they know how to hit the baseball. They did it. Adolis Garcia is kind of the driving force of that lineup. He made his presence felt in this game early on. And that, I think, kind of helped the Rangers set a little bit of a tone offensively. And the Braves had to play from behind in this game. They were able to cobble together three runs there in the eighth inning with the solo home run from Ronald Acuna Jr., the two-run homer from Sean Murphy, 10th home run for each man. Let's talk about Ronald Acuna Jr. because that seems to at least put people in a good mood. 10 homers, 17 steals, Jake. 40-40 pace is now 39 homers, 66 steals. If you're scoring at home, I'm here to tell you that's pretty good. And I went through and looked. The only player in Major League Baseball with 10 or more homers and 10 or more stolen bases is Ronald Acuna Jr. And he continues to show you reasons why he just might be right now the best player in the game, at least the best player not named Shohei Otani. Yeah, four bats tonight, four hard hit balls. Like you said, just missed one earlier in the game and then comes back later and and it's another one over 450 feet. I mean, it's just incredible what the guy is doing. I wish he would have stolen that base in the first inning. He leads off the game with a single, which he does Mm -hmm. just about every game. And then he gets stuck at first base with the next three batters. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, incredible. I, I don't know what else to say, what other adjectives to use for him. What he's doing right now at the plate is just uh, amazing right now and I love seeing him every time that he comes up there I mean I talked about it with Spencer Strider who's pitching tomorrow we always say it he's must see TV well you got to know when Ronald Acuna Jr. is coming up because you got to make sure you're sitting down for when it happens because you just don't know what he's going to do next and so I'm just I'm so excited for him Verducci did a great piece on MLB Network on That's Tuesday fun. as well breaking down Ron Acuna Jr. and his swing and looking at the difference from last year to this year and it's just truly remarkable the changes that he's made or that he's really gone back to now that he trusts that knee and able to to get to those pitches as we saw him do on Monday night that ball was you know, I think you know just barely off the ground and he's able to get under it and drive it out 450 feet so yeah I mean Ron Acuna Jr. I think he's easily the NL MVP front runner just please 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 stay let this man stay healthy all year. Yeah, I think everybody will co-sign on that most certainly. I talked to Ronald about a week ago and just kind of asked him, like, what is the biggest difference you know, between his game last year and this year? Was there anything that he had changed or adjusted? And he said, look, I'm healthy. I dealt with pain and discomfort in that knee all year long. And with that gone, it has changed you know, his ability and elevated his ability to just go out there and play his kind of ball. And as you mentioned, that breakdown they did on MLB Network, you could just tell the lower half, What Ronald Acuna Jr. is able to do this year is making a huge difference on his ability to not get beat to the spot with fastballs anymore, to do some maximum damage. It was impressive to see that, and it's impressive to see Ronald just about every single night. Two-hit game for him. Also, two hits for Matt Olson. Hit by a pitch as well. Scored a run on Orlando Arcia. Finally made an out in the series. He was only two for four. He also drove in a run for the Braves in this game. Uh, As far as the offense is concerned, just not quite enough in this one. Braves did leave five men on base. Uh, only had, what, a couple of chances with runners in scoring position. They just really weren't able to get them on and get them over. And 
uh, get him in on this night. But they'll look to be doing that behind Spencer Strider in Game 3, which is happening on Wednesday. So let's talk a little bit about that one. Uh, we've got the Braves and Rangers in the rubber match with a couple of hard-throwing righties uh, going at it. Righty Spencer Strider for the Braves, 4-1, 251 ERA, one of the great strikeout pitchers in all of baseball. Right-hander Nathan Ivaldi on the mound for the Rangers. He ain't bad either. 5-2, and two, 270 ERA. He is also a, a hard-throwing righty who can rack up some strikeouts and carve up a lineup. So, Jake, this should be, I think, the marquee pitching matchup of this series, no doubt. Yeah, should be a fun one to watch. I know Ivaldi hasn't given up a run in his last three starts. I think he's up to like 28 scoreless inning streak at mm-hmm. this point as well. So hopefully the Braves can put an end to that. And the Rangers have the fifth most strikeouts in all of baseball. So perhaps an opportunity for Strider to go out there and rack up some more Ks as well. But they're also a very dangerous offense, as we uh, did witness on Tuesday, even after shutting them out on Monday. So should be a great pitching matchup, a really fun one. Hopefully the Braves can get the bats going early and often this time and can put up some big runs help Spencer Strider out to an easy win and that bullpen should be fresh and ready to go. We got the off day on Thursday. So if they're needed, should be able to use them as well and hopefully win this series. Yeah. Hopefully that bullpen is gassed up, but you'd love to see Spencer Strider do something similar to what he did when this road trip began against the Toronto Blue Jays. He looked spectacular. Chris Bassett threw a complete game shutout. That wasn't anything Spencer could control, but uh, just an, an outstanding outing from him. He continues to pile those up. And of course, he continues to pile up the strikeouts as well as he's been among the, if not the major league leader in strikeouts all season long. We'll see if he can add to that little category in this game against the Texas Rangers. It's going to be an 8.05 first pitch. Spencer Strider, Nathan Ivaldi, rubber match as the Braves will look to take two out of three in the series from a tough Rangers team and bring some momentum home before they continue their gauntlet through the American League as they will welcome the Mariners to town on Friday at Truist Park to start a very long homestand. We'll talk about all of that when we get there, though. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Braves Postcast, a part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you tell a friend. We do this as much as we can all season long. Your support means a lot to us, so we appreciate the comments, the likes, and all the shares as well. Make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcasts as well. So that'll wrap things up for this one. The Braves, unfortunately, on the wrong side of a 7-4 score in Arlington as the Rangers even up this series of the game of peace. We'll be back with you after game three on Wednesday. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We'll catch you then, and so long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 